The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Retro King Wassenaar. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to the final episode of our team-by-team League of Legends World Championship podcast preview. It has been a journey and a half. We have covered five different major regions. We've covered each of the wildcard regions. We've we've gone through every group and how we think things might break down. We've given you our analysis and really why we think these teams are going to excel and what could potentially stop them. But you know what? None of this matters anymore because we're in the only episode that I have been looking for. I shouldn't say that. I love all these episodes. But this is the one because... There is only one TSM fanboy on this podcast. There is only one person that can truly revel in the fact that this is the first team that has ever actually had a chance from North America to win Worlds. We're there. And it is the team that he has loved since the original Bayleaf days. Walter Ciedis Fedchuk. Aren't you so excited? Are you so happy about this? I'm so happy about this. I, I have loved this roster. I've loved this organization since season one. Mm. Since I became interested in esports at the season one world championship. I Granted that there existed an iteration prior to it, but the, the roster that I, I fell in love with and that, that really brought me up, the, the Reginald Raid Man, Odd One, Expecial Chaos roster, I have been a diehard TSM fanboy for almost seven years Mm -hmm. so it's become about as much a part of me as rooting for the buffalo bills the syracuse swordsman is my sports team so i am i am excited i am excited for this roster i've said at times i think this is the best team that the west has ever put out but i am also scared to death that i and a lot of other people are overhyping them and i was there last year i saw the 010 collapse after two teams looked, it looked like we might send two teams into the into the quarterfinals, and then just just completely fell flat. And um, I, I'm scared. I'm scared of of the overhype. In all honesty, I'm scared that we're jinxing the hell out of out of TSM in particular. See, and this is why I'm here, Walter. Because <laughs> you, as a TSM fan, you have to be nervous. Like th- this is something that European fans and and fans of other regions they might not understand. You know, a lot of fans, you know, if they're a fan of their region, then their region is perfect, their team is perfect, everything's yeah. perfect, and it's everyone else's fault if something goes wrong. When it comes to North American sports, being a fan means expecting the worst to happen at all times. 
and being really, really ecstatic when it somehow works out. <laughs> no, no, like, that's that, being that's being jaded real life sports fans that we are because our teams are horrible. But, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's look, that thirty one teams a year feel that way in the NFL. So, like twenty nine so. teams. Like this is just how we view these things. And TSM, and you're always been this guy, right? If they don't win a championship, I don't care. I feel terrible about how the season went. Uh, and, and I know right now, this is the first time where a, a, I'm not going to say Western team because I loved the Fanatic roster that came out last year. I still think they cut themselves short with how they played in that semifinal series. I thought that was the worst they yeah. looked in a long time. And I, and I think if they could redo that series 10 times, I think they had a chance to win a few of those. So we will see if they live up to that. But I certainly think this is the best North American team that has been produced in the modern era of League of Legends. And Walter, when you look at this team, what is the biggest reason for that? Because it's, you know, obviously Bjergsen's amazing, but he's been here. How did we get from a talented roster to a roster that now has a chance to do something that a North American team has not done in years, which is get to a a semifinals or perhaps even a finals at the World Championship? They have the best player in Western history in Bjergsen. And they have the best player in North American history in Doublelift. Mm-hmm. Thorin makes this argument that Doublelift is the best player that, the, the, that North America has ever created. And I totally agree with him. We can't say he's the best North American player because technically Bjergsen plays in North America. But they have the two best players from their regions on this team. Mm-hmm. Bjergsen is a European player playing in North American and, and, and Doublelift as a North American playing in the North American region. They nailed those two guys. And when you have your two carries are two of the best, you know, in their regions at their position, they're, you know, in discussion at times for being up near the top of, you know, their position at Worlds. Fion, which I don't agree with everything he says and I don't necessarily agree with reading some of his stuff, has Bjergsen as the number two mid laner at Worlds. I have a hard time arguing against that. He's kind of on the on the money with that one, and you know, no one's ever going to unseat Faker in that that role until someone actually goes and unseats Faker. And you know, it's the Leonidas throwing the spear at Xerxes on an international stage. It hasn't happened yet. Um, Doublelift again. When you talk about best eighty carries in the world, sure, sometimes it's mockingly and jokingly like, oh, it's Doublelift syndrome. Though he gets caught out in team fights and does stupid stuff, but at times he has plays that are just as good as Uzi and just as good as Def, mm-hmm. and just as good as him. And when you t- say your top five eighty carries in the world, you always pause after you get past like one, two, and three and go, double lift, maybe? Uh, include him? Is he six? Is he four? Is he eight? Like, he's always in that conversation. But the biggest part has been TSM going out and finding the complementary pieces around them. And they found them in three different spots. The first one, they found a veteran cast-off in Svenskare who at one time was the best jungler in Europe, who during season four, if he hadn't had the, the racist kind of slip up, may have been able to really show his stuff on an international stage in a full group setting. He only got to play three games. He had a very rough time after that in Europe on SK. On SK as the rest of the roster fell apart around him, but he was never the problem. The problem with Svenskeren has always been the personality, has been the attitude, has been the... Is he going to say something racist again? It's kind of what people have an issue with Forgiven. It's, it's the two. It's the Dardock two. That type of thing. He's really reined it in, at least from what we can see on screen, 
you know, during the shows, on Twitter, all that. He seems like a very genuine, down-to-earth person now who's really toned back a lot and yeah. has, has built, you know, eaten some humble pie. The second spot is they went and they found an up-and-comer who has proven himself on the professional stage in Haunters. He played very well on Gravity. He had, you know, praise rang down upon him from the former top laner for TSM, Dyrus, who mm-hmm. said he is a better version than me and I can never be as good as Haunters is. And Haunters was, you know, only a year, maybe a year and a half, two years into his career. And then finally they went out and found a rookie. And this was the spot that, that scared me the most because the last time they went to try and find a rookie support, it was Glebe Glarbu. They started off terribly like they, they did in the spring and with Yellow Star, and I thought it was going to be the same story and go, oh, God, we're going to have to go find a, you know, a Korean or something halfway through the split. But Biofrost has been just fantastic. He has shown up on this stage. He's the rookie of the split. He was the you know, first team all-pro support with three of his other teammates, Sven Skarin, the only one that ended up on the second team because it's hard to take it away from Ranover. They nailed all three of their pickups. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not a fan of the whole sports psychologist thing. I'm very outspoken about that on here. But, man, if that mumbo-jumbo hasn't worked, Weldon, I don't know how. I don't want to explain it. My fiancé would yell at me for calling psychology mumbo-jumbo. But I'm going to yell at you for calling psychology mumbo-jumbo. Somehow it's working. TSM has an incredibly rabid fan base. Whatever you want to say about any other fan base in the West, they have just a giant number of fans. You get people screaming, TSM, TSM, even when they're not playing games. There's a lot of pressure that comes from that. There's a lot of pressure that just comes with being an esports player in general. And, you know, every single professional team, if you look at traditional sports, whatever else, like sports, Sports psychology is a thing. It does matter. And it does seem to have gotten some guys that previously would have had issues. You know, Hanser in the past hasn't always looked great in high-pressure situations. Certainly didn't when he was playing on gravity. Now he seems to have gotten that under control. Uh, Sven Skarin, I want to give credit to him for really having grown up. Summer Finals MVP, Sven Skarin. Yeah, and let's, you know, acknowledge that. I mean, I think... You know, both on and off the rift, this guy has improved. And, you know, we talk about, you know, yes, Bjergsen's great. Yes, double lift is great. Everyone knows that. But what is it about Sven Skarin that allowed him to step up to the plate and earned that MVP tro- uh, trophy at the end of that summer finals? Sven Skarin has always been talented. That's never been his problem. It's just been he, much like Forgiven, was stuck in his own play style. He mm-hmm. wanted to be a carry. You know, Dardock's been like that. Like, he truly wants to carry. And when he got brought over to TSM, when we had that whole five-point effing 5K drama between TSM and H2K, people wanted him. And I, I was worried at the time that this kind of, oh, yeah, everyone wants Svenskare. He's the hot commodity. He's, he, he is the hot commodity Western jungler at that time that it was going to go to his head. But whatever TSM has done, whatever TSM system has been put in place, they, they held his ego in check. When you listen to him talk on TSM Legends, when you listen to him in, in interviews, when you see him on Twitter, anything like that, you can tell he's definitely humbled up. He realizes he is not the carry on this team. This isn't a team that includes Candy Panda and, and Freddy 122. He doesn't have to carry this roster. He can sit back, he can play his game, and Bjergsen just he goes back and forth on the type of jungle he wants. Sometimes he wants a guard dog that's just going to defend him, you know, a, an odd one. Someone that's just going to sit in his lane, that's going to babysit him and just protect him. 
fine, whatever. That was odd one in Santorin, in my opinion. Sometimes he wants a vicious attack dog that isn't sitting back to defend, but that's going after them. And that's been amazing, who then kind of transitioned into supportive, and Svenskeren. Mm-hmm. Svenskeren and Bjergsen have created some of the best synergy in terms of Western, like, mid-jungle that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I will hazard to say Diamond and, uh, and Alex each is probably mm-hmm. the last time I've seen two a mid lane and jungle duo that are so in sync that are anytime you see Bjergsen move towards the bottom lane, Svenskeren's already moving. Even if he's in base, they are so well co- connected. Their choreography is just fantastic to watch. And they're so in sync that it's kind of surprising at times that they're two separate people. Maybe they're talking in Danish. Maybe that's how they do it. And whatever synergy they may have cultivated way back in the day on Copenhagen Wolves is somehow seeped into this. And they have just been unstoppable. They have been on fire. He's also built early on in the summer split. He built a tremendous synergy with Haunters. And even though, in my opinion, Haunters sort of started to fade towards the end of the split. um, And maybe I'm being revisionist just because I remember Impact kind of styling on him quite a bit. But excellent synergy there. And him and Biofrost have just really created a strong vision support system in terms of North American vision to really protect their carries and appeal for their carries. So he is, he definitely turned it on going toward into the end of the split into the playoffs and 100% earned that MVP award. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I will say two things. Uh, one, I love the uh, amount of, you know, effort that they put on ward clearing as well as ward placing. That's something yeah. that you'll notice some teams in the in the tournament, you know, they'll place a whole bunch of wards, but they'll just kind of let the enemy place their wards as well. You know, you're, uh, you look at Sven Skarin, he's clearing wards all the time, as is Biofrost. They do a really good job of, of placing an emphasis on that. Uh, he's nearly clearing as many wards per minute as he's placing, which is kind of insane. Um, and, and the other thing is, I, I really like the point you made about jungle mid lane synergy because a lot of the meta up until this point has been about jungle top lane synergy. It's who wins that 2v2 in the top lane, right? That's how teams have defined themselves. But TSM has trusted in Hanser to hold his own in lane. They mm-hmm. didn't need him. You know, he'll be behind in CS at 10 minutes. He's almost always behind, even in winning efforts. But they don't need him to be ahead. They need Bjergsen to be Bjergsen. They need Double Lift and Biofrost to feel comfortable with the way their lane is going. Those are their paths to victory, and they do them very well. And I think that, you know, I, I love the way you put that because it is this idea that TSM is a team that understands their win condition in a way that when I was talking about Royal Never Give Up, that team just doesn't seem to. This team, when you look at what Parth has built, he understands everything his players are capable of. You know, he does the typical TSM thing where they pick the three champions they don't want to play against and just ban them. We'll see if they add some more versatility to their pick and ban phase this time around. I think they'll need to if they want to get the most out of some of their group uh, group D matches. But at the end of the day, this team understands what it needs to succeed and now that they've fixed this too many cooks in the kitchen problem with shot calling that they had when Yellowstar was on the team, and they had three guys that all wanted to decide who went in where, <laughs> the thing they just look so much more smooth as a team. And it makes them fun to watch. Just even as a non-TSM fan, this team is fun to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been it's been a joy for me to watch this team. And even with all the trepidation I have, I have no problem saying that this is the best team that the West has ever produced in my personal opinion. Yeah. 
Look, and, and Fanatic Season 5 fans are going to say, well, let's see what happens here. And we and that is going to be the difference maker if we're looking at it in the legacy record books. But they have to get there, Walter. And I know you. You're, you're just like me and that we've, had, we've been burned too many times. We have had too many moments in our lives where we're like, we got this. Everything is great. So I'm going to let you just get all of your fears out there. You know, let's purge yourself of this negative energy that has been pent up inside. What is your nightmare scenario for this team? My nightmare scenario is they go 0-6 in this group, and it's just awful. Because I, we've been talking about this for, for a while, um, ever since they even, like, made it to the finals and were the number one seed. And then the second we saw the groups, I said on our, our seeding show, and I've said you in private as we've been preparing for this, TSM could go 6-0 and and they can go 0-6. This is a strong group. I think the teams across the board are, are pretty uh, pretty intelligent. They have good strengths. Um, they all really do exceed in, in the team fighting phase except Samsung, but they have such a strong early game that you know it can kind of peter itself out if they can get a large enough lead. Um, really, my, my concerns with, with TSM on a, on a fan basis are more superficial. It's more of I'm afraid that with so many people saying they're a top three team, they're a top four team, that it's just it's a jinx. I, I'm very rarely superstitious, but sometimes when I get into my fandom that it's just it scares me. It's the type of thing that when they've played against CLG the last, you know, in the spring and the summer, I, you know, gambled on, on CLG. I bet on CLG. I bet on CLG in the semifinals just because I need to get something out of it. If TSM loses, at least I make a bunch of money on CLG. Like, that's just the type of person I am. So superficially, hearing someone like, you know, Kelsey Moser put TSM over EDG scares me as a fan. Yeah. I, 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 I don't watch a ton of China, so I can kind of say, okay, well, she has a reasons for not being so high on EDG, but why are you putting TSM above them? Why my team? Um, <laughs> not, not, so, not so artificial, not so superficial, me being a fan, and, you know, I'm going to be sitting there with every, you know, limb on my body crossed that they make it out of this group. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a little nervous about Biofrost on the international stage. Yeah. Playing against, you know, Aphromoo and Smoothie is one thing. Playing against guys, as much as you down-talked Mata, um, playing against Core JJ, who played very well, playing against some of the other supports that are at Worlds going on into the elimination rounds, it's scary. You know, thinking about them against EDG, potentially in, you know, maybe the semifinals does scare me. That That's a very strong bot lane that you potentially have to go against. Um, he scares me a little. Haunters, as I said, kind of started to drop off towards the end of the split, at least in my kind of eye test. Um, statistically, not so much, but I tested. It looked like he was starting to struggle a little bit as Svenskaren was changing away from going top more into more of a mid-focused, which that's that's the primary focus is going to be for this tournament is this, these roaming mid laners, and I think that fits in perfectly for Bjergsen as, as a primary assassin player, as someone who's really good at Talia. And I've been watching his stream, and he's been starting to pick up the Aurelian Soul, so I don't see a problem with champion pool for anyone. Um, and then Svenskaren. You're in North America, dude. There's like, I don't know what you, racist thing you can say to get suspended at this point. Um, uh, but, but, I, I, like, I, I let's, joke. let's I allow joke. the teenager I to joke. grow up. I, I, I you joke. know, but, but uh, yeah, please. But the the three the three non stars, the guy, you know, the three role players that they added, I have a few concerns about whether they're going to be able to withstand under the bright lights. Biofrost and Haunters have not played in a world championship. It just hasn't happened. Svenskaren, again, very limited. Three games at that Season 4 World Championship. 
Though he did look great in those games. He looked the amazing. Record. But that was a different kind of Svenskeren. That was a hard carry Svenskeren yeah. that carried them to, you know, two of those victories. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not so worried that I'm like, TSM isn't going to make it out of the group. They're going to get 06. Like, I say it's possible, but it's not likely to happen. I think this is a 4-2 and two number one seed that they get matched up hopefully against, you know, a G2 or somebody and, and get out of, you know, get out of the quarterfinals. And, and hopefully they do North America proud. Um and we'll see. They got to beat some some heady competition here in groups to to make it to the quarterfinals. See, as a TSM fan, you have to say things like four and two, one seed. I I think this team's six and zero oh in this group. I think five, I think it's more realistically five and one. Okay. I think, but I think that they could go six and zero, oh and it wouldn't particularly surprise me. I, I have them as the third best team in the world. I have EDG slightly ahead of them, but. Honestly, and, that me. <laughs> and honestly, it's a coin flip. Uh, to me, I think it, if if you played that series ten times, I think each team wins five. I think TSM's that good, and I think that you know it's funny. You and I have different concerns. I'm not so concerned about Hanser and Biofrost. I'm concerned about the fact that Double Lift, when he was at Worlds last year, got significantly worse on the world stage because he was trying to look like a grade 80 carry instead of just playing like the grade 80 carry that had qualified them to Worlds in the first place. That, to me, is a, is a larger concern. But I, honestly, I think this team is just too focused in. They're too much in this eyes-on-the-prize scenario. Parth is not going to let them do that. Weldon is not going to let them get unfocused or put individual glory above everything else. Yeah. There's, you know, This team is built for this meta so well. Let Hanser play his own thing. Let Sven Skarin and Bjergsen be, you know, the, the, the duo that are roaming around. You know, let Bio, uh, Biofrost, I was about to say Biolift, let Biofrost, you know, get some roams here and there and let him continue to be that warding presence. And let Doublelift play some of these carries, you know. He can play an Ash and land perfect arrows to get team fights going. He can play a Sivir, or he can play Vayne. That's always in play. And and honestly, I have very high hopes for this team. I have it as a hundred percent of them winning this group. I, I think that every other team in this group has much more significant flaws that stand out to me going over previous film than TSM losing one game in the playoffs to Cloud9 that I'm pretty sure was just a, hey, let's see what you got so we can then beat it three times in a row uh, and crush your dreams because that's what teams that are as confident as TSM do. But you know what? Time will tell. There is a a tall task in front of them. That Fnatic team from last year has set the bar, as did Origin for the record. They both got to the semifinals. So I think Fnatic... Uh, was the stronger team of those two. So TSM's got a lot to live up to, but they've got the potential to do it. And and we had the potential and fulfilled our part of the bargain. We got all 16 hey! of these teams. We did it. 16 teams in the bag. Hopefully, eight days. You have, 16 teams in eight days. That's, that's true. And, and that's assuming that we recorded all of these the day before you see them, which is a very interesting theory. Um, but you know, it's movie magic. Absolutely. I, I, it was a, a lot of fun. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, these are certainly some of our favorite shows to do. We loved adding the video to it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that on YouTube. If you look up Rough drafts podcast, that's where you can see all of the videos. Uh, we will have a playlist with every single one of these. So whatever team you're looking to know more about, that's always going to be relevant. Please do go through, 
Um, you know, we had a lot of fun doing all these episodes. Of course, there's also going to be the massive playlist on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts. Uh, on iTunes, you can search Rough Drafts on the podcast section there. Subscribe to all of those places, and you will get all of our stuff moving forward. Of course, this entire series of previews was presented by Slingshot Esports, proud presenting sponsor. Uh, we loved doing, uh, we love working with the guys, and we love being able to do this series with them. And come back tomorrow. You know, Walter and I, you know, we we thought about it long and hard. It was going to be really hard to get content out. For, for Slingshot guessing gambling lines every week. But you know what? We got to give the people, give the people what they want. <laughs> and we're doing it. We're going to do some guess the lines. They're going to be very quick. They're going to be raw, unfiltered. I cannot promise there will be no profanity in there. They're going to be uploaded as soon as we finish recapping the games as we're going to be watching as many of them, if not all of them, live uh, and we're going to get those out to you guys. Uh, so keep subscribing to all of these places so they'll go directly to your inbox when they come out. We'll be doing one after every game. We'll be doing a weekly wrap-up on Slingshot. So definitely make sure to keep tuned there as well. That'll be our more you know in-depth analysis versus our kind of off-the-cuff that our Guest Alliance podcasts tend to be. And of course, follow us on social media. I'm at RedShirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Yeah, you guys can find me apologizing for my, my co-host's terrible karaoke timing at C80s underscore LOL. You just killed literally the buzz I had from talking about TSM. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I was really happy. And then there was the, this terrible karaoke. Look, terrible, uh, terrible karaoke. As my uh, former drama teacher once said, you were really only there for the friends. So... <laughs> Uh, come back for all of this great content we have going forward. Uh, let me know if you, if you want more karaoke. I'm happy to torture Walter with it. Uh, until then, we're just going to have to stick to a whole bunch of exciting games coming our way. So until then, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>